You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Another episode of the Buffalo Hyper. I'm Mike. What's going on, Derek? We are doing another Zoom, which leads us into our introduction phase because Zoom calls generally mean <laughs> we have someone not in Western New York. Correct. So we should start with introductions and then titles, I guess we should say, and then uh, we'll just start diving into our conversation, man. Let's scoot back a little bit because your forehead's in the lens. Right your now. forehead's in the lens, Derek. <laughs> Everyone relax. Everyone <laughs> calm down. Uh, what am I supposed to say? Something now? Yeah, introduce yourself to our our lovely audience. Um, hello, um, Buffalo Happy Hour audience. My name is uh, Jake. I have known Mike for a long time. Probably shit, what a decade or something. Yeah, decade ish. Um, and um, kind of funny because we met in Los Angeles of all places despite neither of us living there anymore. But um, yeah, I moved to Utah a few years ago, uh, kind of life reset, wound, wound up about two, two and a half years ago, starting a YouTube channel called the 1911 Syndicate, like the number 1911 Syndicate. Um, basically a gun, sort of gun and gear outdoor channel, uh, shooting content, stuff like that. It's kind of, it's, you know, just started with kind of a no, no real grand plan and just kind of grows day by day. So just keep figuring it out. So you left Los Angeles and this, I mean, this is going to date both of us, but because you were looking at opening a range in California and, yeah, true, absolutely. and then you dove <laughs> into the bylaws behind it and you're like, there's got to be an easier way. And you're like, it is, it's on the other side of the fence. So <laughs> you started packing <laughs> yeah, up. Much. So yeah, you... I was I was trying to open a range in Los Angeles because Los Angeles literally has two ranges. One is by LAX. It's a shithole. It's called LAX. Um, like that's the actual name of the range. <laughs> and then the other one is literally right off of Skid Row. So Jeez. it's just a straight death wish to even try to get to LA Gun Club. I mean, literally like the block over from Skid Row. Like probably not the best place to have a bunch of guns floating around. What were you doing in LA to begin with? Did you grow up there? 
No, uh, grew up on the East Coast, Virginia. Actually, moved out to LA when I was like 21, something like that, and um, worked in the entertainment industry for maybe a year and a half. Then I started selling vitamins. Is probably the easiest way to put it. And um, yeah, just had a run at that for about 10 years. Eventually, got bored and just had a business that was just kind of kind of running itself. And I started getting into guns and shooting and you know, that kind of leads you down a path where you're like, okay, cool. Now I started getting into dogs and now I'm going out of state to do shooting courses and dog stuff. And so I'm in Wyoming and driving through Utah and I'm like, this would be a pretty cool place to move. So I just, uh, yeah. Into 2016, I was like, I'm, I'm out, man. Like I'm at a phase of life, not married, no kids. I'm like, you're going to bounce. This is the time to bounce. Sure. Well, was there a reason behind Utah or just because it was close enough to California and it made sense legally? It, it, it didn't have anything to do with proximity to California. It was more so I wanted to go to a place that had mountains. I actually wanted a cold place. I, I actually like the cold. Mm-hmm. Like the winter is, is my shit. Like I love the winter. Um, you know, it was beautiful. Like it, I could afford to live here. Even four years ago, it was a lot more affordable to live here than it is now. But I was like, man, I could move there and actually like feel like an adult, buy a house, like feel like I'm doing okay in life. And and so, you know, and it had good gun laws, all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, you know, it was this Wyoming has like seven people that live in it. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to go there. Like <laughs> I'll be bored out of, it's beautiful, but I'll be bored out of my mind. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just kind of rolled the dice on Utah. So what got you into guns in the first place? Uh, I would say movies largely, because sure. that's the answer for all of us. If we're all being honest, right. like you watch too many action movies as a kid. But it was, I I went through a phase where I, you know, it's always a weird thing to talk about, but essentially I I sort of like semi-retired at 29, 30 years old, right? I say that in zero way to to like flex or whatever, not that. It's point being like, I'm 30 years old and I've got a bunch of free time on my hands. I'm like, what the hell do I do with myself? I want to indulge and learn how to do new things and like, be a man of culture somehow that led me down the path of guns but i i bought my first gun i i went to a shooting class got my ass kicked by two girls that were in the class my male ego right is just like completely like not okay with this i'm like i'm a dude i outshoot everyone despite me not knowing what the hell i'm doing and um so yeah every weekend i just started going to uh classes learning how to shoot then i started traveling out of state doing classes things like that it was just I've got kind of an obsessive personality. So typically things that I get into, I get pretty like kind of hardcore into it. And yeah, it just, it it became fun. Like the shooting is fun because it's probably a lot harder than people would assume that it is. Cause you look at some, you know, stupid movie and you're like, oh yeah, it looks so easy. It's like, yeah, well, first of all, they're not even shooting anything. They're shooting blanks. They have literally no recoil on their guns. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Dude, I was, I can't remember what it was. I was watching something like a day ago. And um, someone was shooting a shotgun, like, you know, probably a 12-gauge shotgun. And there's zero recoil at all. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, you can't just hold a shotgun like this and shit. Like, it doesn't work that way. The thing would just, like, I mean, you might be able to hang on to it, but it's not going to be fun. It's just so funny. I mean, the disillusionment of Hollywood and firearms, but that's probably a story for a different day. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it just it became fun. Like, the skill set of it became fun. It was like, hey, it's a nice byproduct that, in theory, there could be the day when your ticket comes out on planet Earth and you're happy you have those skills. Right. Hey, statistically, probably not going to happen. But if that day comes, cool. 
hey, at least you invested into a hobby that might save your life one day. Absolutely. But beyond that, it's just fun. You know, it's just fun. Like it's it's fun. I don't care who you are. I've taken a lot of people who are even like you know super left leaning shooting who would probably be like super not in the gun camp, and every single time they're like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Like it's cool. It is, and it's it's the same thing with power tools. It's fun to use power tools, and a firearm is just a tool. You just got to elect the proper time to utilize said tool, for lack of better terms. 100%. So your channel always starts off with the fact that real estate's involved in some way or another. So yeah, you move to Utah, and you're in a spot where you're kind of thinking about which course of action you want to travel down and take, essentially, and then you fall into real estate and was that because of your own experience with buying a house in utah where you're like this seems like a viable option for me and then you just pursued it out of the yearning to learn more or what was that process no like i i bought my house before i was into real estate the guy that sold my house i would not say like it's not like he was bad or anything just like you know you wouldn't be like well that's you know the most impressive you know, businessman I've ever met. Um, but I don't think that really got me into it. I think it was largely just me kind of looking at it objectively going, okay, it seems like this is largely about like data and metrics and logistics and stuff like that. I'm like, I know I'm good at that. Like, I know that's a strong suit of mine. I didn't realize that the whole business is purely marketing. Like you can be an, you can be an asshole and not know how to do anything, but if you're good at getting clients, that's actually all that matters truthfully. <laughs> but, um, which is probably not my strong suit, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was one of those. It was one of those things. It was. I look at it like the tiebreaker round. Like I had a good run in, in business when I lived in California, and then I, I tried to do like the shooting club in LA. That was a disaster. Probably largely. Well, one, it was doomed to begin with. Two, I don't really think I had the motivation to to really pull it off. But I was like, I'm one and one. Like I've had one hit. I've had one flop. So I'm like we need a tiebreaker round. Like we got to find out like, am I decent at entrepreneurship or was I lucky? And and that was almost the premise. Like, okay, you're, mm -hmm. you're either good or you're lucky and you're about to find out. I like that. So are you only licensed in Utah or I don't know almost anything about real estate. So I know there's some certifications in New York state where it just like rolls into yeah. other states. Is that the same with real estate or no? No, New York, I mean, you guys live in a weird um, you live in a weird land out there. At least when it comes to both real estate and guns, actually. Yeah. Um, and a lot else. <laughs> but yeah, right. But now New York's kind of its own thing. I'm only licensed in Utah, but we wind up um, because hey, we do YouTube videos, and instead of YouTube videos, we're like, hey, let us know if you need real estate help. Obviously, those people are all over the country, so if someone hits us up from New York, which has happened, like, hey, we just try to put you in touch with an agent that's there, that's licensed, like, hey, I can't do it, I don't live there. Even if I was licensed there, like, what am I gonna do? Mm -hmm. Like, catch a flight 2,000 miles to come, like, open up a door for you? Like, not a good use of time. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll just take on, like, partners in different areas and just, um, yeah, just refer business out all over the country. Gotcha, so on the real estate side of things, before we dive into your channel even more, because there's a lot to talk about on that front. But is it always single-family homes? Are you doing apartments? Are you doing both? Um, like anything that's available for someone to pay a month <laughs> payment for, you're involved? Mm, not really. Like, I don't touch rentals. If someone's like, hey, can you help me find a place to rent? There's 
there's no value that I bring to the table. Like you're, you're going to go look at the same sites as me. There's no proprietary like realtor software for rentals really uh, in something like New York city. Yeah. Probably that's totally a big business where I live. No, not really. So I, I won't touch that. So it's primarily just single family stuff, but we get hit up a lot. Like probably the majority of requests from people that want to buy land that they can shoot on. And hmm. it's the most obnoxious thing in the world because essentially someone has this notion that pops into their head probably while they're having a drink and they're like it'd be great if i just bought some land and i could just shoot on my own property it's like hey we've all thought that at some point however you all like to email me about it and i know that there's nothing behind it like first of all that's a cash deal you cannot finance that so this is a waste of a conversation when someone's <laughs> like yeah i got like i've got like seven grand to make it happen i'm like well don't fucking email me about that then. um so i have to rip the band-aids off of a lot of people and just be like no no stop Com like conversations over like there's no point in us consuming time on this is <clears throat> out here in our la la land no pun intended we have a requirement of 30 percent down to buy property um if it's specifically mm -hmm. land if it's a house it's 20 percent. is this is that the same in utah it depends what the Part, part of it is depends what it's zoned for. Like if you're buying land for recreational use, yeah, you're not financing that. Like a, that's a cash deal. You might find some super weird lenders that'll play around with that are like hard, like private loans, stuff like that. But if it's recreational, which is what most people are hitting us up for. It's a cash deal. If it's, you're going to buy land and you're going to build a house on it, then yeah, you could do probably even like 20, 25% down. But even at that, man, it, it's tricky like it's tricky like are you going to buy it and build on it in five years because that financing is totally different if you're going to buy it buy it and build on it in six months because that's construction loans which are their own separate nightmares so it's just like dude, a lot of people love the idea of building stuff and i get it i'd love to build a house too but this is not really the part of the country where you do that like yeah you can go do that midwest south that's totally normal out here not man the mountains not gonna happen why is that specifically because of terrain you just need fuck you money like for lack of yeah. a better way to put it like if you're gonna do that like okay cool like you want to buy a piece of land that's big enough to shoot on and build a house on and you don't want neighbors and all that like cool this is a multi-million dollar project and you're gonna build a custom house on it like cool like there's no point in having this conversation unless you can float a two million dollar mortgage payment which would also mean that if you're doing that on new construction you got to have at least call it 400 grand sitting there in cash so, hey, if you can't Jeez. support that, like, don't entertain the conversation. Like, this is just not the part of the country where there's dirt cheap land and just acreage. Like, nah, dude, it's, it's the Rocky Mountains. Like, it's not like that. What acreage are you looking at out there? Is it pretty limited? There's So Utah is in the list of states that have the most public land. Like, it's considered BLM land, which is kind of funny because blm is you know definitely taking on a different context but it's actually a government organization called the bureau of land management um we have a shit ton of blm land and uh i think we rank as like top five states so it's something to the effect of 75 80 percent of utah is public land hmm. aka it cannot be purchased it cannot be built on it's that's part of why i love it out here like i can drive 45 minutes in the direction from my house and go find cool terrain and i can shoot on it and blow stuff up on it so there's not really, I mean, you're talking what, 20% of the state you can even buy. Most of that's bought. So right. there's, there's a lack of availability of land. Texas has the same thing, 
but the inverse. It's like, okay, there's the land is kind of pricey, but it's because all the land is owned. There is no public land in Texas. Everyone, it's all privately owned. We've got the inverse, which is there's not that much land you can buy because it's owned by the public. Like the whole state is public land. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't think we've ever had that conversation before in general. Yeah, I don't know if that was a thing. Yeah, but it makes sense because, well, for one, you can't make land, you know, like you can't just no. produce more of it. In, in the metaverse, you can. <laughs> Whatever. No doubt. And then, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but then you got places like Montana where you have you know what a million total people in the state of montana and it's just this ginormous plot it's just ridiculous so moving on 1911 syndicate yeah you decide to start a channel and what was the original intent was it always to review guns no not at all um it's funny (laughs) because i've made a i've made a conscious choice not to delete a lot of stuff because like i've seen channels and stuff where over time or you can see it on people's instagram pages where over time they want to keep their page like super manicured and stuff so they start deleting old stuff that wasn't like on brand or like didn't look as good i'm like if someone scrolled to the bottom of the 1911 syndicate youtube page you'd be like what the hell was this page like it was for lack of a better way to put it like tactical sketch comedy um like we were doing like skits for gun related shit and i i i didn't really know like i had the notion when we started it of like maybe i if i can create eyeballs i'm pretty sure i could use those eyeballs to leverage selling a service of of real estate so it's a matter of how do i get the eyeballs so i just had this notion of like i don't know let's just do like little stupid three minute you know videos and and shit like that and um but no no one cared so i did that for like a year (laughs) no one cared (laughs) like like it was an fun concept um i haven't seen any of that stuff in a long time most of it now probably two and a half years old like if you scrolled like two and a half years back you'd be like dude this thing was way 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 different and um but it was i like instead i made a conscious decision like i think a lot of people get stuck in that like paralysis by analysis thing where it's like they want to create the perfect plan and you know do all the research and i'm like look i'm just gonna go do stuff and if it sucks it sucks if it's good it's good i'm gonna listen to feedback from people or if there's no feedback it's probably because no one gives a shit they're not watching it which is feedback in itself and and so i'm just gonna go make stuff and see how it goes and i'll adapt so i did that for like probably a year and then a buddy of mine like i think you should do a gun review he's like if you're gonna market stuff to that audience like why don't you just indulge and start doing like going for the red meat like give mm. them what they want give them gun content stuff and i was like i don't really want to do that because most gun content is very very boring to me mm. and it's not um it, it doesn't make me want to go do it but i'll give it a shot so we filmed i don't know like three four videos in a day put them up they got way more views and brought in more subscribers which at that time was you know very very few and um but i was like okay well i think i figured out what people wanted to see so that was like two and a half years ago, I think, that we did our first gun video that was totally off the cuff. No research, no nothing. Just grabbed a couple of personal guns, went out in the desert, talked about Production quality was terrible. The colors were blown out. The audio shit. Like, it's, it's just, you know, it's really bad. But I leave all the old stuff up because I'm like, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's part, of the, part of the story, you know? It's part of the evolution. So we just kind of kept getting better over time. Tried to, like, kind of got obsessive about production value and stuff like that. You know, just started figuring it out. So did you have a template on what you wanted to do for a gun review? Like what 
what makes a gun review to you? Frankly, the bar for gun reviews is really low. It, it's as a good percentage of gun reviews, gun reviews, you literally don't even see the person. It's a tabletop, like you have a camera that's like hanging here, pointed down mm-hmm. onto a table, and you have a guy playing with a gun down here and, and talking about it. And it's just like, that does not interest me. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't judge you for it. If that's what you want to do on your review, cool. Knock yourself out, mm-hmm. dude, whatever makes you happy. But it does not It make me want to do that. Like if it's not kind of fun and interesting that, I, that I'm not going to want to do it. So I didn't know what I actually prided myself at first on. I do no research. I just show up and I wing it. And, uh, and then I started figuring out, you know, my obsessive brain kicks in, right. And I start latching onto the idea of this and I started getting kind of intrigued by getting better at it. So now it's, you know, tons of research that goes into stuff. It's, you know, if I don't have product at least a month before we're supposed to film it, I can't, I can't do it. Mm. Like I, I need at least a month to go through prep, testing, evaluation, calls with manufacturers, prepping notes. What are we going to do on voiceover and music? And I mean, like, it's a full process. Like I probably should have not opted to do that. It would have made my life a lot more simple, but. So you learned all that just by trial and error? 100%. Like literally like the first gun video I think was on a three or sig uh 365 i think that was the the first thing that we did maybe it was 365 versus glock 43 i think that's what it was and um like we just did it talked about it basic edit nothing fancy at all put it out and then the next one you know and it stayed like that for probably three to six months and then i started getting a little bit more serious about trying to learn kind of what i was talking about but it was purely like just bit by bit trial and error i watch almost no other gun channels so i have very 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 little outside influence Mm -hmm. so i don't really know what other channels do because i don't watch them not because i'm like too cool to watch other channels it's not that it's just you know it's kind of become work for me and i don't really want to sit around in my free time also watching gun reviews so i don't really know what anyone else does on their channel minus a couple channels but um yeah we just kind of we just kind of do our th- thing man so you have a friend of yours in every video how did you yeah. guys meet how did that whole thing develop because he's flying up from like arizona to shoot videos yeah. with you which is wild yeah yeah <laughs> i think we've gotten used to it so it's not weird to us anymore but um yeah so, so his name's chris uh chris chris blau um me and chris met at a shooting course in california of all places and it was with uh travis haley it was a three-day rifle class and it was a cool class and you always meet people in classes and you're like oh we should keep in touch you never do it right but um yeah somehow we we, we kept in touch and just sort of developed a friendship he visited me when i lived in california and then i moved to utah and he was coming up here to deliver a dog or, or something like that and and we linked up i let him stay at my house so it's just a kind of a friendship that developed you know based on having met in a shooting class both being in the guns and um yeah I, I i can't even remember how exactly it happened but i just told him man i don't even remember how it came about with him being in videos but Somehow it's just like, well, I don't, fuck, I can't even remember. Honestly, there was, there was one moment in time, apparently, where I was like, why don't you come up and be in this video with me? It might be easier to have two people and we'll just kind of go back and forth and uh, just created a precedent. So yeah, now he flies up from Arizona every month. So we've got like a four man crew. It's me, him, the two on camera people, and then um, Crispy and Buster who run video editing and photography. So it's like a little 
little four man crew that comes out. That's wild, especially like looking at our process and how you and I are over here sweating all the time. So, did you used to do all the camera and editing and everything like that? And you're just like, I'm sick of it. I need someone else. Nope, not once. I've never touched it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so yeah. jealous. <laughs> yeah, Jake's, Jake went full send off the cusp. And yeah. it's it's funny because in one of the, I think it was like from day of uh, filming this, I think it was like three videos ago, maybe five, because you just posted another one about winter survival for hydration, mm-hmm. which is like fantastic. Yeah, like the hour ago, yeah. He forgot a silencer in Arizona and he ripped himself yeah. for it for like a minute and a half on the, on the video. Mm-hmm. And I started laughing and I was like, dude, I get it. Like you're a perfectionist. It's okay though. Like it. It's yeah. not like it made the firearm worse from a, uh, what am I trying to say? Aesthetic viewpoint, yeah. but yeah. would it have been cool? Sure. But like, dude, you're good. You're flying. First of all, post nine yeah, yeah, yeah. 11 with everything you need to shoot a film on firearms. Like it's going to be okay. Yeah. I, I mean, he's flying with a machine gun. <laughs> like, How does that work? So you, you can legally fly with guns. There, there's no issue with it. You, you, here's the rule. You go in, you have to tell the TSA agent, um, I need to declare a firearm. They're going to be like, perfect. They've done this before, hopefully. Otherwise, it can be a little bit weird just because they don't, they don't know what they're doing. Right. Oftentimes, you as the person that does this all the time, you know way more about how this works than the person behind the gate. But <laughs> you tell them that, they get a little card that they fill out that just says like whatever, and they, they put it in the case you sign the thing saying that there's a gun but the the gun has to can't be loaded uh ammo has to be separate from the gun so they have to be in like separate uh cases mm-hmm. it has to be in a hard lockable case so like either a pelican case or just a hard lockable suitcase as long as you throw a lock on it it, it counts like you've got a samsonite suitcase and you just throw your um glock in in that and like a soft case but you can lock the hard shell all good or if you've got a suitcase you, typically the the safe route would be like look if you're playing with a pistol which is what most people you know most people aren't playing with ma- literal machine guns but um it's like hey take your glock like throw it in the glock case throw a lock over it so that they someone couldn't pry it open and access it and just throw it in your suitcase lock up the suitcase just make sure the box of ammo is in its factory case it can't be in like a ziploc bag mm. if it's like reloads or something like that no go they'll confiscate that but as long as it's in its factory box yeah, just throw it like in the suitcase and you're good to go. Tell them you're flying with a gun, good to go. You'll have to pick it up at the little TSA like closet for Delta when you land. That's it. I mean, I fly in and out of California with guns and it's all good. Never had an issue? Uh, I had an issue once, but it was because the TSA agent did not know what you, in Utah of all places, she was like, she was like, oh, well, you know, this doesn't, like, like, like she didn't know the rules. And instead of opting to learn them, she was just like, yeah, you're, you're not, you're not flying with it. So I like had to hustle back to the, take the shuttle back to the damn parking lot, drop off the gun, fly mm. without it. I was pretty pissed. Cause I'm like, dude, you don't know the rules. And like, Hey, at the risk of sounding like an asshole, like you could just tell when I walked up to the, the gate, I was like, dude, 55 year old, like, like lady that just, she ain't having it. You know, it's like, yeah. fuck, this ain't going to go good. It's funny because it reminds me of when you were doing the the grocery store reviews of products that make no sense on the shelves. <laughs> so for those that don't follow Jake on Instagram, that's also part of the skits that eventually led into the real estate uh, comedic skits that you were doing. This is like nine years ago. Yeah, it's just shit. Yeah, I yeah, forgot about it. You would that. walk in, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Why are there five brands of the same chip from different companies 
saying different things for the same product and you would just call them out and then you're like this is dumb i'm leaving and then when covid first hit and masks were being enforced you're just like i literally forgot one and it's not that i care about wearing a mask or not i just don't have anything for it i'm going in with my underwear and then you filmed it and then you just walked into a store with underwear on your face and you're like these are clean enough (laughs) like (laughs) Yeah, I had some compression shorts in like my bug out bag just in case you ever need to like hike home from the middle of nowhere. And I was like, well, you guys are going to let me in to ship this thing at FedEx. And I'm throwing some compression shorts on my face. Like, you just going to have to deal with it. And it worked. Like, I need to ship. I need to ship this thing. Like, what, what do you want me to do? I'm not going home. <laughs> I love it. Weird times. So the, the channel kicks off. Um, you're now surpassed 60,000 subs. So congrats to you. I mean, that's a huge milestone. Thanks. Isn't it at like 50,000, you get some plaque or recognition from YouTube where they're like, no, Hey, you're not garbage anymore. hundred. Is it a hundred? Yeah. At a hundred, you get a, a YouTube play button, which I have to admit, if I'm being honest, I'll probably be kind of excited that day. Oh like, yeah. Like, 100%. I, I probably will be kind of like, all right, that's kind of cool. Especially in a, in a, in a space of like firearms and stuff where it's like, you are not favorably like received on this platform, you know, like the odds are, are not in your favor. And uh, so, yeah, it's so weird because it's at a hundred, which I'll kind of nerd out when I get that, I'm sure. And then it goes straight to a million. Like really <laughs> no, like no, like quarter million plaque or like five, half a million, like straight from a hundred to a million. Like, and then like damn, 10 million guys. too, right? Isn't there a 10 million one? I think, think so i think i think you're right yeah raising the bar quite a bit yeah and i think the 10 mil is like decked out in diamonds i don't know something absurd i think there's four people that have it (laughs) (laughs) it's wild crazy so you and i went back and forth about monetization and how it would work and then that kind of bled into our mutual obsession slash passion slash appreciation for bourbon so Mm -hmm. when did you i didn't know that you drank like ever i just figured it was water shakes and like just being a clean sober dude and then now it's no man look at my shelf i'm like where's you you know about this brand like what is going on yeah 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 Yeah, honestly it was um so i was not like i was never like anti-drinker like oh i don't like i don't drink like you know i'm that guy um but it was never a thing for me either but so, so here's what did it for me so covid pops off and i like i'm a bachelor like been a bachelor my well not my whole life like been in relationships but never been married right so I'm a bachelor and i live like a bachelor it's like it's me and a dog and a bunch of guns in my house you know leather and old woods things like that and um <laughs> earth tones. so a home yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so a home inspector gave me a bottle of high west double rye as like a christmas like thank you like I don't know, probably now two, two and a half years ago, something like that. And um, so I just had this thing. And as a bachelor, I eat out exclusively at that time of life. Like I never made food. Like I, I probably had not made a meal for myself in a meaningful amount of time, like years. Just not what I do. I eat out, I eat healthy, but I find ways to eat out and be healthy. And um, so COVID pops off, everything starts shutting down. And I kind of go, I think I'm going to have to figure out how to make food. Like, from, like, I think I'm going to have to figure out how to, like, provide a meal for myself. And um, honestly, it was still to date for me, my, my the best thing that's come out of the whole COVID era for me. So I start having to figure out how to, like, make a meal for myself. I have this bottle of, of High West 
And like, I had a drink when it, right, everyone's stressed, everyone's freaking out, the world's ending. And I'm just like, dude, fuck it, I'm having a drink. And um, I did not enjoy it at all. And I'm still not a big rye guy. Like, I'm not like, like, I don't like, like super spicy drinks and like the double rides, especially. And um, so I did not enjoy it, but it took the edge off. And I started to kind of go, hmm, this is kind of an interesting little ritual where it's like, you have a drink, you make a meal for yourself. And I was like, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of that. So like every night that's, that's my thing now. Like I look forward to genuinely look forward to the end of the day. Not cause I'm like, just, I hate work and I'm ready for the day to be over. Like I look forward to that process of like, I want to have a couple of drinks, mm -hmm. take the edge off and it, it tones my brain down. It's a little overactive sometimes. And I make a meal and it's like, dude, I, I, I eat dinner. Like I'm in Rome where it's like, it's 9 PM when I'm having dinner most nights, but like, I enjoy it. I have my, my couple little drinks and I have a meal and like, so that bottle of high West double ride, that was the, the thing. It was the bottle that got me into it. Do you still have any of it in your house or have you moved? On? I killed I killed that bottle, but high, so high West is, you guys know high West, mm -hmm. I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Like, I don't think like that's just regionally known. I think yeah. high West is pretty, pretty main mainstream at this point. But, um, yeah, you know, high West is in park cities. So that's 45 minutes from my house. And, um, yeah, so it, it, they've got a saloon there, which is really good too. Like they have a great like place you can go eat and have drinks and stuff. Like it's, it's super cool. And, um, no high West I've, I've been collecting lately. That's kind of like, especially given that it's local mm -hmm. it's a rare for, for utah being in a dry state it's one of the the few it's the only advantage that we have is that we have high west it's like it's the only thing you know the old forester will you know come out with the the birthday bourbon or whatever and you're like cool i have no shot of getting that because i don't live there and i'm not going to pay a thousand bucks to get it sure. high west comes out with uh you know whichever special edition it's like dude i'm driving my ass there right now to, to get it so it's like i can actually get all the stuff that they come out with so it's become like that distillery that i'm trying to collect everything from <laughs> so what do you mean by utah being a dry state and uh, just like it's all state controlled like there's no every liquor store is state run which gotcha. uh, yeah new york's not like that is no. it right because no. like Addie's is not a, that's not a state run correct store. correct um yeah like everything is like it's all state run state owned stores which is bad news because they regulate what we can and can't get here. Like you won't see Mitchers, you won't see name a like name a distillery. Like you, you see a little bit of Buffalo Trace stuff, but mm -hmm. very rarely. But you're probably not getting a ton news, of allocated stuff there either, right? Like Blantons and stuff like that. I've never seen Blantons yeah. here. Um, we we'll get Buffalo Trace, but that's you know bottle sure. per person. But the the only upside of being in a you know what we call a dry state is that because it's all state run, all the prices are locked in. Mm. You pay no markup on anything. So if you see it, like yeah, you're paying the straight retail on it. Which that part of it, that oh, that's, that's nice. sick. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You see Buffalo Trace. I mean, that's a bad example because no one really pays out the ass for Buffalo Trace. But you know, whatever you see here, yeah, you're just paying whatever the distillery sells it for. That's huge. I thought dry state mean like no alcohol in this county like none at all but it just means it, it still owns it yeah. yeah 
well, I'm probably using for the it most part. Context, yeah. honestly, that's probably that probably is what it means, and, I, and I'm just <laughs> I'm just spouting off at the mouth. Well, well, if there's liquor stores, then they have to be able to sell them. So that, that's interesting, though. Yeah. That, and that's sweet that you can get it for basically market price. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see 100%. a lot of places around here just marking stuff up like crazy because it's allocated, and you can find a bottle yep. of Lantons in a liquor store for like a thousand dollars, not that much, but like four hundred. Three hundred dollars, probably. It, it depends. I mean, there's right. certain like duty free is cheap, but then you can also go to name a liquor store, and they're like, "Yeah, this you know this bottle of Eagle Rare is going to be easily nine hundred bucks. This body, their this bottle of Pappies is going to sell for twelve hundred. And you're like, "Why?" And they're like, "Well, we only got like two of these, so mm. that's why." And you're like, "Oh, okay, appreciate it." Yeah. Like, is it here? It's like, no, it already sold. Like, what? What? What do you mean? You said you just got it, and you're just like, yeah, you took too long. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous how fast things fly off the shelf in New York. But yeah, no. that, the whole situation. Well, t- t- tell me what you think of this. I, I, I have a premise, and I, and I, I want to know what, what, what you guys think of this because you're, you're enthusiasts. So I, I want to know if you think I'm crazy on this, which is fine. I have no issue being wrong. I'm wrong on things <laughs> all the time. But I have a notion that. Buffalo Trace is overhyped Absolutely. as a as a brand. I'm not just talking about the actual bottle. I'm talking everything under that umbrella. I think it's all overhyped. Well, we'll even take it one further and say that Kentucky in general is overhyped, and we're going to get a lot of shit for that. But there's a lot of places in Kentucky that just don't live up to that expectation, like Buffalo Trace. I mean, I completely agree with you. Buffalo Trace is not as good as it tastes, or as good as it uh sells for the price yeah exactly <clears throat> same with woodenville or uh woodford yeah, Wooden, woodford. woodenville is what we prefer over woodford so i'm not a big woodenville guy i've got a bottle uh i was a little let down by it. it's just you know occasionally you go i i can't even tell you why it's not really my thing it's just not my thing sometimes you know and like we all kind of have th- those moments but um wood woodford double oak i think we share the love for that yeah. yeah, double oaked is a different story, but standard yes. wooden uh, Woodford, you're gonna just be yeah. like, it's fifty yeah. bucks yeah. for what? Like, why? I, why? And it's there's a lot of Kentucky from our standpoint, which we've openly said on multiple reviews where we've you know we've done enough where people question if we have a problem or not, <laughs> and they're onto something. Yeah. And they're not wrong. It's the same tasting profile. It's th- they generally taste the same. Their proof points are almost all identical. The aging process uh-huh. is almost all identical. The char level is the same. And it's just kind of like, eh. But if you go to Texas, it's a totally different experience. Oregon, Washington, like name it. Like even Tennessee's mm-hmm. slightly different where you're like, oh, that's fun. It's a little different. It's just, I don't know, Kentucky in general. It's because that's where it's from. Yeah. So they're always going to have yeah. that going for them and they can utilize that for marketing. You get well, so many yeah. whiskeys coming out of one area of the country that all has the same climate, all has the same barometric pressure. Mm-hmm. Like Justin Harmon was telling us, yep. you get these same whiskeys that are in the exact same environment, just maybe different tiers of the Rick house. And it's like, all right, you're not getting that much out of that tier. Yeah. And I'm going to try to do the bourbon trail later this year. Mm-hmm. That's going to, I'm going to try to do that at the end of the year. Cause it just, it does seem like a lot of fun. Sure. Oh, like, I don't know. Oh, if no you, I don't know. I don't know if you wind up really scoring anything that's like amazing or not. I mean, I guess that's probably part of the fun is that that kind of hunt to see what you can find. But to do the the tours and everything would be cool. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely like, you know, th- there's a lot of good stuff that I'm enjoying. On a, and like even on the Buffalo Trace thing, like I enjoy virtually everything that I try under that umbrella. But when you start going 
you know, 300 bucks for a bottle of Blanton's or whatever. You're like, yo, that's not a $300 bottle of booze. Right. Like, sorry, it's not. If I was paying like MSRP for it all day, I'd sure. buy all that shit. But yeah, when I'm paying, like my parents got me a bottle of uh, Taylor, just the standard like small batch for, mm-hmm. for Christmas. And that was like, you know, 135 and 135 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then when you look and you're like, that's a 35 to $40 bottle of booze. You're like a four X markup. Like, don't insult me. Like, <laughs> ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, though. E- Eagle Rare is probably the one that of un- within that umbrella where I'm like, yeah, like that. That yeah. I'm I'm cool with the eighty dollar price point on that. Yeah, Eagle Rare is good. But High West. So, what's your favorite High West product now? Uh, Midwinter's Night Dram okay. is, which is definitely kind of become a trendy bottle from everything that you wind up you know seeing just on the interwebs it's like that's kind of the trendy bottle from them but um yeah they came out with that in it's like november and i drove up my only regret what i bought a i bought a case because they would let you buy a case 100 bucks a bottle Hmm. but i kept two and uh a couple were for a local buddy so they were just you know being given to him but and then the other two i traded for a bottle of weller and then a bottle of blanton so it was a, you know, it, like it was a, it was an appropriate trade. Like that was a trade where you're like, yeah, you know, like sure. I feel like we all kind of got a fair trade on this, but um, man, that shit is amazing. They came out, they came out with their, um, or did a re-release or, or new, I don't know how many barrels they did or whatever, but of that bourbon rye combo, boo rye yeah. or however they pronounce that thing. Yeah. I scored, I scored three, but I was such a degenerate. It was a, like a Friday <laughs> and it was 10 AM and it was like 19 degrees outside and I'm waiting in line the thing to open up i'm like the fifth person in line i'm like yeah like, like i felt proud of myself i'm like this is <laughs> this is you have a problem territory sure. but somehow i was totally good with it but i was like yeah i got my three bottles of that do you like the campfire i hate it yeah so did you you didn't like that either. i couldn't stand it i was like why are people flocking in droves for this and then derek's like oh both looks pretty tasty <laughs> i'm like dude this is wild it's straight up drinking from a fire. Yeah, yeah it's like, too smoky. Too smoky. I mean, it's like the morning after you wake up and like your your sleeping bag smells like a campfire. You're like, it's the exact same smell when you crack that open. <laughs> I'm going to get this weekend. I'm going to go pick up a bottle just because it's a void on my high west shelf. Like, mm. I don't even t- intend on opening it. I just need it to, to fill out the row so that I can keep getting everything but yeah campfire i'm a hard pass on that shit <laughs> is there a bottle outside of that that you're looking for right now or are you kind of set with your collection you have one unheard message hi i was calling current the influencer marketing platform but i think i just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast well anyways i was calling current because i was told they could help get my brand set up on tiktok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. And even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, um, uh, yeah, no, we're, it, it's, it's expanding rapidly right now <laughs> <laughs> at a problematic pace. Um, no, I, I, so I had these two, bo- there, there's, I don't know if you guys have ever had it. I'd never seen it. Like, like I was aware of it cause it's on my, uh, bourbon trail list of like small distilleries that I want to go to, but the, the bottles are called very old St. Nick mm. and pretty pretty small and like the retail in the bottles uses like one 170 it's kind of on like my bucket list bottles list and i saw that on total wine site they had them in arizona i called chris my buddy in arizona that films with me and i'm like get your ass in your truck right now <laughs> and get over there and buy those two bottles for me and so you had to fly them up in this pelican like a week ago, but I'm just like, I added those, that Jameson blenders dog. I just got that. I'm pretty excited to try that. That'll be one of those. I don't know if you guys get like this. There's bottles where you go. I know I have a very low likelihood of ever really being able to replace this, which adds that significance to when you actually decide to crack it. Cause I'm like, it's now a perishable asset. And right. it's like, it, when it's gone it's probably gone and it like makes me so like it's thrilling but it's sad at the same time it's thrilling because you're like drinking this shit i'm never gonna be able to get again but it's kind of sad because you know once it's gone you're probably not gonna get it i ran into that i was i was gifted a bottle a very specific bottle of blanton's and i was trying to come up with a reason to open it and i was like landing on a firstborn like I don't know yep. what else is appropriate for it. Just it's like a hundred and thirty-two point yep. six proof. Like it's insane. It's the one I sent you when we were texting back yeah. and forth. I was yeah, like, yeah. when do I open this? Like I'm terrified of it. I, I cradled it like a football. I felt like Saquon Barkley walking to my car, <laughs> and it was icy when I picked it up. I was like, I can't. Like I'm terrified of this thing. Yeah, yeah. It's now. Do you? This is actually something I wanted to ask you. Now, this is this is selfish on my part, but I, I'm curious uh, if you guys follow any sort of similar system. So. I have just doing a little bit of homework. It would appear from most sources that, Hey, once you pop a cork on a bottle that, and especially as the air starts increasing in bottles that they will kind of deteriorate a little bit over time. Right. Not like it's not safe to drink, but just like, Hey, that, that flavor profile is going to change. So I'm trying to adopt a system where it's like, look, within a year of cracking it, she's gone. Like, because based on most of what I've read, it seems like, hey, a year in, in two years, like, especially depending on how much air is in there, you're going to start, like, it's going to start changing. And I'm like, I don't want a compromised bottle. So once it gets cracked, one year, that's the timeline to finish that thing. Now, that it's definitely, who was telling us that to? Was it Justin Hartman? Yeah, we went back and forth because we, we hit a point where it's the same thing with a decanter. If you hit half if you're at fifty percent, it's time. Yeah. Like hammer yeah, down, hit it. start drinking it. Yeah, yep. hit it and get rid of it because it's there's too much air inside of the space, and you're yep. you're dead on. So we don't have like a year time frame. I think for but 
Again, this is why people think. Yeah, well, the we problem, problem is we crack a new bottle every week. <laughs> well, so there's that's that the issue. There's that, but right. I think right. our rule is fifty percent. If yeah. you know whether it's a decanter or a bottle, if it's fifty percent full because we're optimists, yep. then it's time to hit it. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's kind of you know I, in in true psychopath fashion. Now this does not do me any favors. I told uh, Chris this. He was up here and he was he was just looking at the shelf still and out. And he's like he's like, dude, you got a problem. I was like, I'll tell you about problems. I was like, I crunched the numbers last Sunday, like on Sundays, my day to like play around and just research different bullshit. And uh, I was like, okay, how much do I drink a week? And I crunched it into like ounces and milliliters. And I'm like, how many bottles would I wind up killing a year based on what I like drink a week? And I'm like, about 36 bottles is what I would take down single handedly a year. Right. So about every week and a half, a, a, a bottle's gone. And so I go, okay, so my threshold for myself now is 36 bottles can be open at a time because they will be consumed within a year. There you go. And then, hey, once we hit 35 bottles, that is permission to go crack another one. And like literally, I have it on like a fucking spreadsheet where it's tracked like when shit is opened and when it needs to be completed by like full psychopath behavior. See, this I is why that. I'm glad I'm not that analytical because it would be a dumpster fire for well, me. You, things don't last your house anyway. Well, we're Irish, man. Back me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I inherited some analytical Irish gene or something because yeah, it's it's got a problem now. Our our biggest issue, or well, at least mine, is that I like collecting whiskey from around the world, so different countries. So we have mm-hmm. in my basement, we I have uh, Japanese. Uh, scotch obviously american welsh whiskey i just picked up indian uh, whiskey i have a the first whiskey distilled in tel aviv so i like collecting these whiskeys from around the world problem is that we open it to review it and then it's just one sip gone and i'm like it's got to last longer than a year right it's only one sip it's basically brand new yeah Yeah. and i don't know like i've you know truth is I, i doubt that my palate is sophisticated enough to really start to detect some of those differences like i fully admit like Dude, I, I can tell you what I like and don't like, but when people go to, like, people who are really good with their palate, I'm like, dude, I don't even know how you do that. Like, I can tell you if I like it or I don't, but, like, I cannot verbalize it like like some people do. So I probably wouldn't even be able to de- detect the change, but I'm like, yeah, that 50% rule, that's probably a good one. Because, yeah. yeah, at that point, it would seem like that thing's going to start to fade, you know. Yeah, I have a bottle of Glenlivet 12 that's probably been around for a year and a half now, and I had it the other day, and I'm like, ah losing it a little bit so you, you can mm. start telling it just gets weak that's all it is it just gets yeah. really weak mm. yeah and nothing to yeah. weak in this house <laughs> you're a disaster you ain't got no place here exactly <laughs> so what's next for your channel like if are, would you ever incorporate whiskey related content or are you just strictly guns um so i, I, I we filmed uh, last week last friday we were filming and i was like i'm just gonna try an idea i think this is what i, I was texting you about mike maybe a, a couple weeks ago which is i i have it like i'm trying to get sponsors for our channel right now which is um man that, that is such a weird thing to to do and it's fucking hard and it's just like why is this so like this is a pain in the ass but um i have a notion of i'd like to have products or services that are friendly like like a good mutual fit for our audience even though it might not be a gun Hmm. so i'm like hey whiskey is one of those i'm like these these crowds go together gun guys largely are like whiskey guys or drinkers beer guys whatever it is right and um 
So I'm, I'm going to try to find us a, a sponsor uh, that is like either red meat or whiskey related. But I started and like we filmed five videos last Friday and I was like, hey, look, at the start of videos, I'm just going to test the notion, which is I'm, I'm going to do a bourbon feature at the start of the video. Like, hey, this video will pair well with this. Mm. And so like I, I brought the blenders dog. Wooden, Woodenville was actually one of the ones that I brought. And um, I'm like, it might be a total waste of time largely it's probably just my selfishness where i'm like let me see if i can somehow start to combine these worlds like i don't want to start doing whiskey videos but maybe there's some way to start to fuse these together a little bit i don't know we'll see i just throw stuff at the wall sometimes and just see what works it's the randomest things work though like something you wouldn't even believe caught on like oh this episode just for some reason skyrocketed i don't even know if there was a market mm-hmm. for this so it's a good idea yep. i mean just throw stuff at the wall yeah, we'll see. I'm like, you know, selfishly, I'm like, man, it'd just be great if some whiskey company's like, hey, we'll sponsor that. Oh, you know what I actually wanted to ask you guys about? And, and like, I don't know if this is like podcast stuff that you can talk about or, or anything, but like, I'm like, I think it's super cool that you guys have your your barrel that you mm-hmm. did, like that. Yeah, barrel. I guess it wouldn't be a barrel pick. Yeah, Maybe a single barrel. Yeah, yeah. Barrel pick. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Um, but like, how did you guys go about that? Like, that, to me, that's so fascinating, and I would love to do something like that at some point. Like, how did that? come together so you actually know this name but pat mcnamara yeah so he's one of his sponsors is taconic distillery and taconic is in the hudson valley so we ended up getting a they produce stickers and it's a pat mac sticker that's on their bottle and they shipped it to us because i reached out to him and i was like hey i'm a huge fan of pat mac like follow all this stuff and this is before he introduced his coaching squad so Mm -hmm. which is basically like his patreon so they reached out to us and they're like if you guys ever want to do a single barrel like let us know and then just come down and do it and it never Mm -hmm. even like occurred to us at that point we're just like yeah that's a thing and like 75 years when we get to that point, like who knows? And then they brought it up to us and we're like, maybe there's something to that tabled it for a little bit. And then we ended up linking up with another local distillery out by us, um, within Buffalo three chord, which was our first one Mm -hmm. that you saw. And they were like, you guys can definitely do a blend and we'll just do it. Like, we love what you guys are doing. Like, we'll just work with you. And we're like, all right, cool. And then the bylaws kicked in and we're like, how do we, how do we do that? Like, we're, we don't know anything. We're just like, <laughs> everything's by the seat of our pants. And we're like, all right. So then naturally, just like every podcast interview ever, we just started asking questions to everybody, liquor stores, yeah. the distillery themselves. We had a ton of meetings. And then once we got our blend, then it just spiraled into working with Addies. And then that basically solidified the relationship with Addies where they're just like, we got you. Don't worry about it. Hartman's stepped up huge. And they're just like, if you want to place a bunch of bottles in our, um, in our distillery, we can sell it. Because in New York State, you have to have the license to move the product. So mm. having those outlets was huge for us. And we started small to keep demand high. And that's just something that I'm super anal about, whether it's merchandise or a single barrel or whatever. So we had yeah. 120 bottles and we're like, let's see, let's see what the demand is. Let's, you know, dip our toes in the water. And then it just took off. And now we're just like, all right, we can do like four a year. And we're like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But it's, it's wild, but it basically stemmed from Taconic mentioning it to us and passing in like an Instagram DM. And they're still on our list of mm. now that we kind of know what's going on. Um, but yeah, it, it bloomed into now we're, we're looking at different ways to go about it from a packaging standpoint, seeing how we can get it out to more people. Cause I got family in San Diego. 
um, you know, I got, you know, you're in Utah. There, there's people all family, North Carolina. There's people all over the place. Same as Florida. So we're trying to figure out how we can do this because it's not wine. So it's a huge logistical journey that we're on and it's, it's fun. So it might be tough for you to partner with the state liquor store there, you know? So like we can partner with Addie's who isn't a state yeah. liquor store to help us distribute some of this. It, it might be a little more difficult for you to do that, but I'm sure there's workarounds, man. There, there's gotta be. Or, or if it even didn't come into Utah in the first place. Sure. Yeah. yeah. If it's like, you know, like whatever, some K- Kentucky, like small distillery that is down to do some of that. And they're like, Hey, we'll make it. And, uh, we can, I don't even know how all that shit works, but they're like, Hey, we can, we can basically handle the fulfillment for you. And mm-hmm. we can ship to States that, that we're allowed to ship to like, cool. Like, Hey, I'll come get my bottles for me. But beyond that, I, I don't care if it ever really comes into Utah or hell just, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't say, say too much on a public forum, but you know, <laughs> right. yeah, no, it, it was fine. Not, it was really cool for today, us to do. ATF. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it's super cool though. Like, and your guys packaging was really good and everything. I'm like, man, that, that is super cool. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Thanks. It's, it's yeah. tough. And congrats to you. You, what it, dude, how many subs did you have before you finally got an ammo sponsor? Oh Jesus. Uh, I mean, we got that like two months ago. Uh, I don't know. 60, 64, nine. Like, yeah. Some, somewhere in there. Yeah. That, that's where yeah. 64,000 subs before he got an ammo sponsor. Jesus. Right. Yeah. It, well, you know, it, it, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it, it makes kind of sense actually, because during COVID everything, anything related to firearms, whether it's ammo, guns, whatever it is, it just sells because everyone lost their mind right. and just buy everything. And then all the, uh, you know, protests, all that stuff was popping off. And so everything's just selling. Right. And so ammo companies are like, yeah, we don't need any help selling ammo. Like mm. we're good. <laughs> like as fast as we can make it, we can sell it. And things are starting to balance out a little bit now so um yeah we just linked up with a shop that was a little bit newer and uh starting a retail component so yeah fortunately for generally speaking i, I can shoot for free right now which is a very nice change of pace absolutely how many rounds do you go through in, in a video does it vary i'm sure it varies a lot uh, so we get is it like so there's you know there's a couple batches of ammo there's stuff for like hey testing and actually getting to the place of like cool we're ready ready to film it and review it on like filming days, we usually do four to five videos, um, sometimes even upwards of six, which is a lot, mm-hmm. uh, especially because our videos average are 20, 25 minutes long. But they're also fairly, <laughs> I think, I mean, I don't know. I think they're fairly decent on production value as well. So like when you start going, man, you guys do five of those in a day. It's like, yeah, it's a full day. And uh, so we don't throw that many rounds on the actual filming day. Each gun's probably getting... 150 rounds thrown to it when we actually film it which is not that much and frankly the purpose of even shooting shooting in those days is not to go like how does the gun work i already know all that shit like we already we've already done all that like this is purely about getting cinematic stuff like this is just about footage like it's not about anything other than that just make the video look good at what point do you circle back to videos that you already filmed like if the um p365 like will you go back and refilm it even though that was your first video filmed probably not like we'll revisit some guns but it's under like a different premise or something like we might be doing another sig 365 thing coming up but it would be more in like a training environment like hey it's not really about the gun anymore like we just happen to be using this gun 
inside of this video that's on this drill or you know or whatever it is so but no we, we don't really do some people try to milk content like a lot i don't say that in a bad way but they'll be like hey i just got this in here's a first thoughts video and then they'll do the thorough video and then they'll do the like three months later video and i'm like cool it's like three videos on the same thing i'm like you, you know we basically condense it all into one like kind of big you know do one big video on sure. it yeah, I think from a 365 standpoint or any firearm in that regard would be like a the 365 XL versus a 365 and then even depending on which generation of 365 when they first rolled out there was a couple issues with them Sig fixed mm-hmm. it. But I mean, that would make sense, I guess from a content standpoint. Yeah. But we've done I, I've done probably two or three videos on the XL because it's I mean there's one sitting five feet from me on my counter because it's my carry gun most days. Um, it's like yeah we we've done a couple different videos on that but yeah for the most part it's like you know we're kind of one and done. Sure. When you say five a day, is it all on the same firearm where one of the five is dedicated to B-roll footage? No, like literally five complete videos. Um, All different firearms? Yep. Dude, that's that makes sense why you have notepads during the videos where Chris is like, all right, let me pull up my oh, notepad yeah. because there's just so much information that you guys are putting into each video. Well, yeah, because it's a month worth of, or, or more, you know, one, two months worth of research and collecting your thoughts and coming up with, you know, research notes, all that kind of stuff. So you go, hey, look, when it's time to, and I've got to do, and I've got to do that presentation, if you will, on six different five, four, five, six different things in the course of a day that spans typically about 10 hours. Like usually our days are about 10 hours long. Um, so, you know, dude, there's no way I'm going to re- remember all this shit. So right. it's like, yeah, I, I mean, like in most gun videos, I'm sitting there holding a piece of paper and I'm like, it's not that I'm trying to like read a script. I'm just trying to reference notes because I'm like, dude. I got half an hour. I got to do, you know, go through all this shit, but then I got to do the same thing on a different thing. 10 minutes later, it's like, there's, there's no way you're going to remember all that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, cause, like we've got a, we've got our system. Like we show up crispy and buster take the different products. They get like B roll of just of in photos of the product while me and Chris are setting up targets, Jim and mags doing all that kind of stuff. They complete with that. Then we move on to the shooting stage where it's like, hey, look, all the things that like live rounds have to be shot. We do all that. That's usually about two hours. And then beyond that, then it's now actually doing all the the talking stuff. So we kind of break it up into three different chunks. That's sweet. Do you consider yourself like a content creator or are you a YouTuber? Like, what do you consider yourself? I did, honestly, <laughs> I didn't really think about it. Like, it, it, it's, uh, I mean, I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I like, I, I think living in California so long, especially in LA, I have a real resistance uh, to people being like, oh, like I'm creative or I'm an actor because sure. it's like, yeah, sure you are, dude. So it's like <laughs> because I came from that environment where I lived in, it's like I have a real like like chip on my shoulder about people who are like, I'm a creator, or I'm an artist, whatever. But it's like, hey, if I'm being honest with myself, like, well, of course I'm creative. Like, of course I'm a content creator. Like it's 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 there. You can go see it. Like it's it's not it's not debatable. You can say I'm a bad one, and that's absolutely debatable. <laughs> but like, but to say that like, yeah, I cre- yeah, of course I create shit. Like, whether you like it or not, it's up to you. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we create. It's wild the world that we live in. Like th- that, this is something that you can do because there's probably a lot of people out there that think that it's easy, and it's not. 
No. Like, how many no. hours do you think you put in a week, like doing? Everything? Oh shit! I'd say, hey, between you know, real estate and then the gun shit, really being like that's where my working time is spent. Like between those two things, which the irony, of course, is that they fuel each other. They both kind of need each other to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about fifty. 50 like like of my total hours worked a week probably 50 percent of it is just dedicated to working on content related stuff and then the other half of it is actually like doing real estate like you know like we've got a wire transfer that's hung up right now cool got to deal with that inspection whatever it is you know so it's like i don't know probably (laughs) i'd say a minimum 30 to 40 hours a week on each side i mean like it's a full like the content thing it is a bona fide like full-time job like today like i mean it's it's comical because it's part of the gig in a weird way but like you know i got in a new plate carrier today that that we're going to be tying into a video that we're going to be doing next month and it's like well you got to start getting time on it they've been wearing a plate carrier around the house today it's like well you got to start seeing is it is it comfortable how does it fit like what's it like getting out of it so like i'm doing my work and like i'm on real estate calls and like I'm wearing body armor and a plate carrier. It's like, well, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta start testing this shit somehow. So, put it on. Early on, were Just you weird. forgetting stuff? Like, oh shoot, I got this video to film today, and I didn't look at it at all. No, no, that's just not my personality. Um, no, like if we were going to do something, I was for sure prepped for it. I went through a phase of like being proud of not really preparing, but I knew exactly what we were going to be doing. Sure. And because it's all booked, like we book out, I mean, like flights are booked for next month for Chris coming up, like videographer, photographer, like dates are booked out. We're actually doing a, some uh, collab videos with another channel uh, next month. He's going to be coming up and he's going to be doing like four videos with us on our channel. And then we're going to do a couple on, on his channel. So it's like, hey, that's travel arrangements. That's prepping between three different voices now between the two of us. And then now this other dude named Alex coming up for that. So. I mean, it winds up being like, shit, that's a foot two, you know, call it three years ago. I probably had an attitude like a lot of people have, which is if you talk to someone and they're like, oh, I'm a YouTuber. And like, that's part of what I do for a living. You'd be like, sure, buddy, you know, like keep, keep telling yourself that. And, and then you get into it. And at least my experience of it going like, huh, I got a total newfound respect for people that do this for a living, especially if you can figure out how to pay your bills with it, because that's a not easy part of it, um, how to monetize it all, right? And it's like, man, I got a total respect for people that can hustle and pull that off, because, you know, it's a lot of work. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's straight up. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And for guys like, you know, I'm still in the same boat with you guys, where it's like, hey, I, I have other work that I do. Like I, I don't just get to do video stuff all day. I've got to balance it out. So, Hey, once you're juggling a full-time job on top of a side hustle, that's pretty time consuming. Yeah. Mad respect for that. Yeah. Have you had a lot of issues or any issues at all related to your gun content and being on YouTube? Like, have you had stuff being flagged? Yeah. 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 We got, we got demonetized um, last summer. So ironically I'm in, so I never tried to monetize our channel through the actual like YouTube partner program. And because I just, I didn't even think we would get approved because of both guns and language. Cause like I, you know, like hell I've been pretty good on, on this yeah, show you've been good today thus far. I've been doing my best, but, um, <laughs> get after it. but, 
like yeah like on our channel i'm like look i made a conscious decision early on we're gonna talk how we talk like if you don't like it don't make a new watch it like i'm not offended that you don't want to watch it cool just don't watch it sure. but um i figured between firearms language we wouldn't even get monetized i'm at a event in florida with uh hk heckler and coke big firearms company oh yeah I'm sure everyone knows that name and um and there was like a big uh dude's name's john he runs a, a page called active self-protection it's a big he's like a two million subscriber channel like in the world of he shows basically like self-defense footage and, and shit like that and he analyzes it he's got like a couple million subs and i asked him i'm like is your channel monetized he's like yeah dude absolutely and i'm like really i mean you literally show people get killed like in every video people are getting shot stabbed all that kind of stuff he's like yeah it's security cam footage so it's not like you're promoting it you're you're just showing it and i'm like but you you got ads running on that he's like yeah and he's like i was like do you think i should try to do mine he's like i think it's stupid if you don't and i was like okay so i got home from florida applied got approved in like a day and then i think it was two months later we got demonetized and i was just like man and, and like straight up because like i mean it's it's not like it's life changing money but it 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 was about i was making about 800 bucks a month on on just ad revenue right just from pre-roll ads and, and shit like that you know, hey you know like that that's real money you know like that that money matters to me for sure and uh and then have it taken away and then you can't even find out why it got taken away that's the ridiculous nature of the whole thing is you go okay can someone at youtube please tell me why we got demonetized and all you're left to do is go to forums and have just a bunch of idiots chime in that don't know anything about what they're talking about. So according to people that I don't even think work for YouTube, they're like, oh, you're showing gunsmithing and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, we're not. like nothing that anyone came back to me with was was accurate. I mean, it was just I'm not trying to sound like the conspiracy guy, but it's like, you know, the shit that you guys took away the money from, like, it's not accurate. Like I don't sell guns. I don't. We have not shown uh, bump stocks. Like none of that stuff. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's garbage. But it's the you know nature of the times, I guess. So you still have not been able to get monetized since. I'm not even gonna try again. Um, <clears throat> I had to delete. I deleted maybe half a dozen videos that I thought could have been the culprits of it, including our most viewed one, ironically, which you know it didn't really matter because it's not like it, it you know frankly i hated the video so i was like i got no issue delete that even though it's technically the most viewed video that we have but um but no i'm not even going to try at this point it's it's hey privately monetize it um forget about you know ads and google and all that kind of stuff it's just like look go find sponsors go find paid opportunities affiliate deals merch whatever it is like go go create your monetization because yeah. relying on the system to do it for you not good so do you have a site or anything where people can find that awesome monopoly shirt that you have on um yeah so well yeah 1911syndicate.com is the, the website but we're revamping the merch thing probably about three months from now we'll start like really getting serious with that um because it's kind of a missed opportunity if i'm being honest yeah. like we're not <laughs> like we we did we were selling some merch. We just ran out and I just get sidetracked with shit. So we're about to redo it. Yeah, Cause you got to review or start doing research on stuff a month in advance. I would forget too. Yeah. Yeah. My brain just <laughs> winds up getting stretched thin and then by, Hey, 8 PM, then the bourbons kicked in. I'm like, well, I ain't remembering anything now. <laughs> yeah, <So>. exactly. <laughs> Wait till the morning. Yeah. Is, is Chris also in real estate? 
Yeah, he's got his license down in uh, Arizona. So, yeah, if it's in, like, the Phoenix area, it's him. If it's around Utah, it's um, me. But I have a uh, uh, I've got a girl out here that works with me. She's got her license. So there's just, you know, we kind of divvy up the, the local real estate stuff because I just can't quite do it all on my own anymore between just juggling all the balls, you know? If, yeah. if all I had to do was real estate, yes, I could do it on my own. If all I had to do was content, I could do it on my own, like, Throw the things together. Eh, I need some help. Absolutely. Good for you, man. What are your uh, social media handles and everything so people can follow you? Um, YouTube's just 1911 Syndicate. Everything's 1911 Syndicate. Honestly, easy. Website, um, Instagram, YouTube, like w- whatever the outlet is. Like, fortunately, there's no one else using that name, so mm-hmm. it's it's easy. We've got all those all those handles. Love that. We got uh, last question for you because I know your time is precious. No, no, you're good. The 1911 portion we have fans and followers and patreons that also enjoy firearms is the 1911 in the name related to a 1911 because it's the greatest pistol to ever exist or it is the greatest pistol um it is not a nod to a specific 1911 i don't have a favorite 1911 um but it's kind of my love affair gun where it's like, you know, whatever the thing it is that you're into, right? If you're a watch guy or car, guns, cigars, whatever it is, it's like, don't you all kind of have like a, a niche within that broad thing of whiskey, cigars, whatever it is? Like, yeah, but that thing, like that's my that's my distillery or whatever yeah, it is. So yeah. 1911s inside of the world of guns is my thing. We, we had a video. I think it's actually now our most viewed video since we had to kill the other one. It's just called Why 1911s. And it was like my love song to 1911s is like i'm gonna make a selfish video no one's gonna watch it and uh i had a the owner of cabot guns which is in uh pennsylvania like they do some really gucci crazy 1911s had him chime in on why 1911s mean so much and ironically that's now our most viewed video it was the thing that i thought no one was gonna watch (laughs) it was just my little bit of poetry to 1911s and now but it's like it summarized everything i love about 1911s just i basically just read the words that someone else wrote to me in terms of why they love them but it was just very poetic statement about 1911s again throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks dude you don't know if you don't try man exactly it's like, <laughs> done some stuff that i thought was going to be great and it's like well that tanked and then you, do some <laughs> stuff that you think no one's going to care about and you're like why did you care about that like i cannot predict what people are going to do it's wild no doubt it's the life all right man anything else that we didn't talk on that you want to you want to touch on before we go I don't think so. I wrote down a couple questions, but oh, I, got, I have one question for you, and then and then and then you can wrap it up. But I did want to ask you guys this: Do you have a like bucket list bottle that's like this is my bottle that like I will get one day? Ooh, that's a good question. My initial response is some type of very fancy whiskey from Ireland that I haven't pinpointed yet because I haven't really went down that rabbit hole because I know once I do, it's going to be very bad for me and I'm probably Mm -hmm. going to get yelled at by my wife of, (laughs) was that really necessary right now? And I want to avoid that, but that's my first thought. Yeah, I'm going to look up mine right now. Because I, it, mine is. I love that. I love that you have it written down. It's great. Yeah. It's Belvini because that's my favorite distillery. It's a Scotch. Um, Twenty year. 
the 25 year but that's i'll never get that because it's two grand right now on wine chateau but maybe one day you never know but uh you gotta gotta throw it on that on that like list though of like i'm gonna buy that damn bottle one day Mm -hmm. i I do want that balvenie is my favorite distillery in scotland and uh it's something that i've always wanted to to get i mean balvenie 14 is our favorite this is an yeah. amazing scotch. Yeah. So just getting that would be sweet. Maybe buy it and then crack it open on the 50th birthday, you know, double, double the cool. year. And then that's it. That'd be cool. Do you have That'd one? That'd be really cool. I, you know, honestly, I don't yet like, like the cliched answers or like the pappies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I'm almost like, again, kind of the hype train thing where I'm like, exactly. Yo, know, I don't know that I'm down to spend fucking three grand on a bottle of pappy, you know, like I, I don't know that I care that much, but I will probably have that bottle one day that really is like my unicorn that I'm going for. I don't have it yet. I still uh, like, I'm still a relative newbie at the whiskey thing. Like I've, it's only been a, you know, about two years that I really started getting into it. So it's like, and I'm, I'm still in rookie territory, you know, I'm just learning and like picking up stuff as I can and just having fun with it. It's awesome. I think that was one of the biggest reasons why for me, it's just something in Ireland because I had the Japanese Blantons. Like I, there's friends of ours that are very deep into the rabbit hole and they're like, you have mm-hmm. to try this because I have it too. And I don't know if you're ever going to be able to experience this ever in your life. We've had mm-hmm. Pappies on our show. It's Weller, like have Weller and it'll be basically <laughs> be the same thing. Um, and then I was gifted the bottle of Blanton's, but the person that gifted it to me also had multiples of it. So he had an open bottle. He's like, try it. And I was like, okay. So I already know what it tastes like, but because it's now my unopened bottle, I'm just like terrified to open it. So, yeah. and the other scotches and things like he's a nut. So he's like, try this, try this, try this, which is great. And now there's just like, there's probably some really red, like red breast or something insane where I don't even know it exists yet. And that'll be the one thing, but it's probably going to be related to Ireland. And that's okay with me because within the States it's, it's all here. So just drink it, like crush the juice. That's what it's good for. You know, have you had, um, I got, um, uh, I don't have much Irish, but, uh, I got green spot. You guys had that. I haven't cracked mine yet. Green, yeah, green spots, spots really good. good. Pretty good. Yeah. It's the better one of the spots like yellow spot okay. and red spot. I think are other Irish whiskeys too. The first time I had green spot was actually in Ukraine. Was what was in Ukraine. Oh, really? Yeah. It's super good. And I wasn't, that was when I only drank Jameson because that's all I knew. Like I was beyond rookie. Like I, I just walked in the door, didn't know what was going on. And then the guy behind the bar is like, I understand you like Jameson and Coke. You're in a whiskey bar. Like, let me just, let's sample some things. And that was one of them. And I was like, wow, that's actually really good. Same with red breast. I was like, that's what kind of got me really into it. But my, yeah, my, my catalyst drug was, uh, was Jameson. (laughs) Uh, it was my first Irish bottle too. I mean, shoot, I probably only have like five Irish bottles. And, um, so like, I'm, I'm pretty novice on that, but yeah, the green spot, I'm I'm excited to crack that one. Mm-hmm. That's been one I've been intrigued by for probably like a year. I'm like, I need to, I'm excited to know what that's about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be exciting. There's just, there's so many options too. There's too many. It's the problem. That's the problem guys. Yes. <laughs> so good problem to have like, though. Man. Good problem to have. And, and, and I'll be honest, like in, in relative terms, that's my cheap hobby. Like, True. oh, cool. I can buy a bottle that's 50 bucks, 60 bucks, 70 bucks. Or it's like this SIG 551 that's sitting here. It's like, well, shit, the gun without any optics or anything is four grand. <laughs> yeah. You're like, 
you know, the gun shit gets real expensive. Bourbon, like for sure, can, but it's like, man, that's that's my thing. That's a lot more affordable. There's there's cry pants that are more expensive than fifty four percent of all bourbon options in stores. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But when you wear them, you're just like worth every penny. <laughs> you're just like super juiced about it. <laughs> yeah, you just look cool, you know. Just the civilian walking around some cry pants and Trader Joe's, you know, just looking like a tough guy. Yeah. So outside of the 1911, what's your go-to pistol and what's your go-to uh, rifle. automatic rifle? Well, semi-automatic. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Outside of 1911, so 1911, 2011, kind of interchangeable there. Uh, go-to. The truthful answer would be the Sig 365 XL because that's what I carry basically every day glocks have their place um but are very boring it's just legos mm-hmm. it's just a functional tool it's not sexy it doesn't do anything other than just work well but in terms of something that two things that are exciting this is not what because now i've given you half a dozen answers but whatever um two like fun guns that i've got they're like fun fun pistols one the video will actually be out on friday it's on a german company called Korth. they make like very very awesome revolvers and this Korth revolver that I got, um, I'm not sending that back. I'm, I'm keeping that. It's pretty spectacular. Like, it's a pretty spectacular revolver. Eight shot, 357. And then um, an HK Mark 23 would be my other, like, kind of, like, real special unicorn pistol. Most abused pistol in human history. Like, it was designed to be the universal pistol used by SOCOM and all this stuff. Designed to be shot suppressed. Like, we did a really cool, honestly, probably my favorite video we've ever did was on the mark 23 it's pretty damn cool um easily the creepiest creepiest environment that we've ever filmed in like straight creepy like very 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 creepy vibes out there um on the rifle front i mean ars is just too predictable for that to be an answer so i would say i'm a bit of an ak guy um but to spice it up i would say really i'm a sub gun guy i love pistol caliber carbines mp5s shit like that i love let's see I navy seals with charlie guns. sheen got me in mp5s man i can't i can't not admit that mp5s got me into guns that was it it was oh, the so gun. many yeah and it's a nine mil first so of all many. yeah and then they came out with the um the k and you're like it's smaller you're like well now what and it's like do whatever you want man and then you found out about the mob and everyone had tommy guns and you're like it's a 45 like what's going on here and then we used them in world war ii i was like oh my goodness and then video games then you're using them in video games and you're like wait hold on like you can still shoot this now like today i'm jealous that you're able to review those because they're nasty oh yeah yeah It, it like it's part of it's part of the fun it's also part of the problem of it all is that you get a lot of cool stuff in right under the premise of do the review the problem is and i've said this publicly so you know there's no you know issue with me saying it again it's like hey in almost every case if you get something in for review you have an option to buy it at a pretty significant discount like usually upwards of 30 to 40 percent so you get in all this cool stuff and you're like that's an amazing gun and then they're like, do you want to buy it at 40% off? And you're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, oh, I have to. Like, I can't send that back. Like, you can, like, and so, so you get stuck in this pattern of like, you keep picking up all this stuff. It's like, I, I didn't pay retail for a gun last year in 2021. I didn't buy a gun from a gun shop last year. Like, every single thing that I 
purchase last year was because it came in for review. It was amazing. And I bought it at a fat discount. And it's like, that's thrilling. It's also problematic. <laughs> like, cause that's a real slippery slope. So oh, yeah. like, you know, I mean, I've got a couple MP5s and like, you know, I mean, there's some of my favorite guns and it's like, dude, I fucking love those things. Yeah. And you can only sell so many houses in Utah. Exactly. Like, I need to sell a lot more houses to keep up with this <laughs> damn habit right now. Like, shit. That's awesome. Well, and thank you so much for your time today. This has been awesome to talk with you. Go follow him on all of his social media and YouTube. Check out some of his more recent videos and some of his old ones, too. Uh, because, Ooh. yeah, they're going to be scary. Godspeed. Huh? Yeah, I mean they're gonna be something. I haven't seen them in quite a I haven't seen them in quite a while myself, so have fun with that. Well thank you so much, man. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Jake. Okay. Later fellas. See ya. time inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.